listeners, and welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and today I am here with Scott Sebring. That's right, the man, the myth, the bat legend. Um, and we're here one-on-one solo for a proper interview. So, Scott, welcome. Thank you. Now, you know the drill uh, all too well, because Scott, <laughs> Scott here, by the way, composed the theme for those who don't know, and he is the audio maestro to make sure the audio levels on this podcast are wonderful and lovely. The wonderfulness of Scott's <laughs> audio engineering. Yeah, so if you can't hear it in your car stereo, uh, I guess I'm to blame. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I start at the beginning. What got you into cosplay? My wife. Your wife got you into cosplay? <laughs> <laughs> but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought you were the, the Mr. Fantastic story from Halloween, or you don't count that. That's just Halloween. That's just. That's it. Yeah, that's. Yeah, if we, if we were to sit there and say, like, going into a, con- a convention, or someplace other than like a masquerade fancy dress mm. or a Halloween type thing, it would clearly be Vicky. Mm. Vicky was the one who got the bug first to kind of say, yeah, we see the people dressed up in the costumes. We'd going, been going to Comic-Con and different conventions for quite some time. But Comic-Con was the one where we definitely noticed the costumes. Mm-hmm that people would wear and we'd point out, hey, that's kind of neat. That's pretty neat. Well, you know, if you wore that one a little differently or whatever, you know, we're still critics. Okay. Uh, and then one year she she felt that she wanted to try to do a costume. And she was the first one. It wasn't me. And she wanted to do Julie Newmar Catwoman. What year was that? That would have been uh, 2000, going into 2004. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had talked about it probably in passing here and there through the years mm-hmm. at different comic cons she'd come out of one like lord of the rings was out oh, maybe she might want to do something for lord of the rings who knows mm-hmm. as far as I, I remember uh 2003 going into 2004 she specifically thought about doing the julie newmar style catwoman mm-hmm. she liked that outfit she liked the kind of material that it was and she thought it was something that she might be able to try to put together at that point and i told her well you know, one of my pipe dream costumes I've always wanted was an Adam West Batman costume. Of course. But still in my head, that always seemed like it was I had already done some research on it of what was available at the time through different people. And it seemed very cost prohibitive for something you do at Halloween. Sure. And I still had in my head, like, you know, when you do these things, so you do them at Halloween. Mm-hmm. But that would be the first cosplay outing type thing. But she was the one who started it. And then I would say Wally Wingert was the uh, catalyst. The, into the, your enabler? My, <laughs> yeah, he was definitely my enabler, you know. The first one's for free. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> was that a pusher? <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> Which is funny, uh, just a little backstory for some folks. Wally Winger in the 80s and the 90s and early 2000s was one of the pioneers of the Adam West 
style Batman costume mm-hmm. for himself. Went out and did charities and conventions and appearances uh, through that time. And I had only found out about him like in 2003. Mm-hmm. I had found out about this guy and that he he was also, he had made uh, bat cowls. And I was thinking if I was going to do an Adam West style Batman, I need to get a bat cowl. And this guy seemed to be the guy who had like the best. And the oddest thing is I never got to see Wally dressed up as Batman. In all these years, I never got to see Wally in person dressed up as Batman. Hmm. It just was, you know, he pretty much retired the moment I stuck a cowl on. And it wasn't a direct response. It just was. It happened he, to be right in that. It okay. just happened to be the year before. Apparently, he was at Comic Con and I missed him. Mm-hmm. He was at Comic Con with a whole group. I think he called them the Gotham Gang, mm-hmm. which was himself, a Robin, a Riddler, a Penguin, and a Catwoman, mm-hmm. and and a Batgirl. And I eventually saw some photos of these online of his group and. Around that time in early 2004, when I finally, Vicky had got, was going to try to get a Catwoman suit together. Mm-hmm. Right. I was just getting involved, uh, checking out a message board forum uh, called the 1966 Batman Message Board. Mm-hmm. Trying to find information. Hey, who makes patterns out there for, you know, Batman style costume and cape and that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. The, the most common questions usually asked on there. Mm-hmm. And that's how I. Try to find out, like, you know, who makes cowls or is there pictures of people wearing their costumes or anything like that, which at that time, almost nobody. You mean nobody was wearing them out to events or nobody was bothering to take pictures or post pictures? Or- a little of both. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, early 2004, there was a convention in, uh, in Austin, Texas that I did not go to. A group of these people all met up mm-hmm. out there and they did post some pictures and they had Wally as Batman, uh, uh, his friend Jonas is uh, Robin. There was a Julian Omar style Catwoman. There was a Riddler. There was a Joker. Mm-hmm. There was a King Tut. Mm-hmm. Adam West, Burt Ward was there with Frank Gorshin, mm-hmm. the late great Frank Gorshin. Mm-hmm. They had a bat boat there, a replica, and a, a Batmobile replica, and a Batcycle replica. But it was a very, very cool uh, outing out there. Mm-hmm. And somebody started putting some photos of this convention just when I happened to be looking on the message board at that right. point. And right. I said, that looks pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I saw one fella uh, touting to have made the Batgirl suit mm-hmm. and apparently had made uh, a Catwoman suit here and there. Uh fella online who I won't mention by name because <laughs> the story doesn't go well for him over oh, time. Got it. But, uh, but initially... I wrote to the guy and asked him, you know, if he mind sharing any information about Catwoman outfits, like mm-hmm. the kind of material. Because mm-hmm. Vicky and I started looking for material. We found some material that we, it was kind of sparkly, kind of a stretchy thing. I mean, Vicky and I, this is the very early stages of us even thinking about costuming. Yes. And, and our heads are still kind of in that Halloween sense. Mm-hmm. If it's just good enough for Halloween, yep. you know, one step up from the kind of material they build these things that you costumes you get in a bag we're not thinking wardrobe we're not thinking theatrical wardrobe or on set uh clothes mm-hmm. and looking for this kind of material we didn't even know whether, whether it was a lorex or any of these kind of terms i'm throwing around nowadays we didn't know what this stuff was made out of sure so i checked with this guy online i said hey we found some of this kind of stuff you know sent him a scan of it. he goes oh yeah i messed with that stuff years ago it's garbage but even then he didn't even know what the real material was at that point it was still kind of the unknown mm-hmm. kind of to, to at least the greater masses. I'm sure somebody out there, probably plenty of people knew what it actually was, but we sure didn't on that message board at the time. Okay. 
in trying to get some advice from him, like I said, we started doing some communication on the phone, and he was starting to make bad cowls as well. As a matter of fact, he had kind of taken over Wally's cowl yeah. business while Wally was getting out of it. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. and he found somebody that he thought at the time could, you know, take over the old business, as it were. Mm-hmm. As the prospect of Vicky doing a Catwoman suit was moving forward, I thought, well, the first step, if you ever want to do a Batman costume, is you need that cowl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't have the cowl, it doesn't matter whether you got the best cape in the world. If you ain't got the cowl, it doesn't read. Starts with a cowl. Starts with that cowl. So, uh, like I said, I uh, finally just decided to ask the guy, hey, by the way, how much would it be to do a cowl? And I got no response from the guy. Hmm. Try to call him up. Just going to his answering machine and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this pers- this went on for like about a week, two weeks. And that was just kind of odd because we were having, you know, yeah. a good steady flow conversation and everything yeah. like that. And... You know, he's gone. Right. <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize this was common for this guy. <laughs> oh. I going to say a very suspicious opening. Yeah, I didn't realize this was common behavior for this guy. But at the time, you know, it was... So I knew Wally knew him. And I didn't know Wally really at this point. Mm-hmm. But Wally had an online presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had an email address that I had had from a year before. I had, like, wrote to him saying, hey, how much for a cowl? Mm-hmm. Saw the sticker shock and, yeah. you know, said, well, maybe not this year. And then I thought Wally was out of the cowl making business, mm-hmm. so I didn't even bother him about it. Well, I wrote to Wally just kind of saying, "Hey, hate hate to sound like a you know worried grandmother. Hey, your buddy, I've just been talking to him and all that, and uh, suddenly you know is he okay? Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure the guy's okay. I'm not worried about business or anything like that. I just want to make sure the guy's okay. He kind mm-hmm. of fell off the radar. Mm-hmm. Well, I wrote back, I said, oh no, he's he's probably just really busy right now. It happens from time to time. You know, what what you need." I said, well, I was uh, going to hit him up and ask him, you know, uh, if he'd be able to make a cowl. Mm-hmm. Well, he said, well, actually, as it happens to be, I have three cowls left. Mm-hmm. And once they're gone, they're gone. They're, they're gone. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you mean I could have a, oh, Wally? <laughs> a Wally cowl. I could have a Wally cowl? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, because I didn't hit up Wally because I thought he was totally out of the Got business it. of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, by this point, I realized the amount of work and things that went into making a cowl mm-hmm. and and so forth. Just kind of was like, yeah, you know, those things have a value. Mm-hmm. And so I did understand the value, and I had saved my coin. I had a bonus that was due me that year, and uh, decided I'd get a cowl. At first, my whole notion of a cowl was like, well, if I get it, what do you do with it? What, you maybe put the suit together for Halloween, mm-hmm. maybe stick it on your shelf for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Is that all you do with it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Little did I know. Little did you know. Little did I have any concept. And even around this time, I was starting to dabble in uh, putting together my own website called Batfriend, which was about the Batman television series. Wanting to kind of uh, touch upon fandom. Sure. Like, oh, oh, hey, go see a Batmobile. Oh, you know, finally, I finally got around that, just around that time, I got to meet Adam West for the first time. Mm -hmm. I'm not in a costume, but I had my Batman t-shirt that I had my own (laughs) iron-on chest logo of, of, or his style bat symbol that was his style. You know, it was done his way. Right. And I had it ironed on in my shirt, and I wore, I think, a sports coat over it. There there wasn't an official Adam West Batman t-shirt at the time? There's never been an official Adam West oh, t-shirt criminal. until, well, stuff's coming out. But not like the thing I had. It was supposed to look like his shirt from the show or Got his it. tunic, yeah. his logo from the show. But yeah, through the message board, I had found out that Adam was making this appearance. And I got to get, you know, I met mm-hmm. Frank Gorshin at that time, mm-hmm. met Adam. Uh, very quick 
very short. But that was like that was that was early two thousand four. The ball is just getting rolling. I've seen these people doing these convention things. My wife's wanted to do a Julie Newmar Catwoman suit and start communicating with people who kind of make costumes. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go after my first cowl. And the, the moons are aligning. The moons are aligning. I remember uh, writing to Wally going, well, hey, I live kind of in the area, so mm-hmm. we can just meet up somewhere if you want, you know, to exchange money in a cowl. Uh, you know, huh. a parking lot somewhere or whatever. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, <laughs> make the exchange. <laughs> the, the, the backdoor deal for the parking lot and the, the bat cowl for cash. I can see it. It's like Miami Vice. All right, so... Uh, but right, but so what Wally ended up saying was, well, it's best if you see them because cows are kind of like puppies. Mm-hmm. One will speak to you. Okay. One will call it because they're all, he says they're all unique. Okay. They're all a little different. All right. One will speak to you. Okay. And you'll get to see Planet Wallywood, which at that point I didn't even know what he meant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so we were to hook up for like an uh, early evening type thing mm-hmm. and hooked up with Wally. Vicky was with me uh, early that evening. We come through the door of his place, and anybody, which are most of the listeners on this <laughs> podcast, have no idea that when you walk into Wally's place, it's kind of like a pop culture museum. Totally. Fanboy, man cave, to the power of 10. <laughs> well, it goes all the way to 11. It goes all the way to 11. <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I mean, first thing I see when I come through the door is like a life-size movie style spider-man mm-hmm. standing there with his like pose like he's going to do his web shooters at me he had a full to scale size sully and michael lazowski from monsters inc oh yeah which are still in his living room but these things are just huge they're life-size yeah mm-hmm. and you know he had like fembots from austin powers he had all these different posters signed albums Mego superheroes out the wazoo in cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just goes on and on. It's not just the first room. It just goes on to every corner of his condo. But the neat thing about it was that most of this stuff, about 90% of this stuff, was the stuff I'm into. Nice. I had no idea that there were people out there like me. <laughs> and just taking it to the hill even more than my pocket could ever even think of doing. Yes. Um... Wally and I started just hitting it right off the bat, talking mm-hmm. about stuff. Mm-hmm. Some Batmans, Archies or whatever, was whatever was coming up, Migos, Captain Action, Starsky and Hutch. Mm-hmm. All those kind of little things were popping up because all I had to do was look in one corner of his room and go, oh, hey, hey, what about that? Mm-hmm. And Kindred spirit. Kindred spirit. So we probably spent about the first two hours just hanging and talking i haven't even asked about the cowl yet right right i haven't even you know asked about the costume type stuff or anything too much mm-hmm. it was just about fandom and being a you know nerd boy geek and in, in finding a kindred spirit which at to this point i knew nobody else mm-hmm. that was like that when i grew up i you know you had your friends that you like read comic books with and so forth right but nobody who kind of like got into that whole kind of pop culture type thing like i did mm-hmm. when i became a musician for years playing in, in bands and stuff like that, well, your kindred spirits were other musicians. Right. And you talked about the music and all that sort of You didn't really sit there and talk about, you know, Spider-Man, Batman, or Star Trek, or any of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't part of the vocabulary. So for me to, you know, find... And, and even hanging out at... Even if I stopped, like, at a comic book store, it wasn't the same. I wasn't finding the people that kind of clicked with me because... Probably a generation thing. I was just turning 40 around that time. Sure. 
So everybody else was, you know, it's all Wolverine and and Punisher and and dark and brooding butthead Batman, right? Kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Or you ran into the quintessential Simpsons comic book guy, you know, mm-hmm. worst episode ever. Yeah, those guys. Yeah, and it just it just didn't it just wasn't my cup of tea. So to find somebody that like that that you know you collect stuff more than I do, mm-hmm. uh, really was was really wild. So then what kind of happened was that, you know, start asking about the cowl. So mm-hmm. he takes me back and he shows me the cowls. And yeah, I saw the one. You know, there's the three cows there in front of me, and I see the one that spoke to me. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh yeah, that, that the puppy in the corner right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, well, no two are really painted exactly the same. Even on the show, they weren't painted the same. Mm-hmm. And that gave it kind of that character. And I looked at him and I saw the paint job that spoke to me. At that time. The one with the sad eyes, yeah. You know, going, oh, there you go. That's the one I want right there. Well, it was the one with the raised eyebrows. Oh, okay. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so uh, so I picked the one. And then I did something that I, th- I think almost anybody who holds a cow for the first time that has always wondered, at least I've always wondered, what the hell did that thing look like on the inside? Mm-hmm. I didn't know, you know, for, for quite some time, because there's very little information about the Batman TV series as far as, um, you know, any behind-the-scenes stuff, because it's never been on DVD or Blu-ray up to this point. All you've had was the Batman movie. Yes. But as far as anything like about the making of or mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes, there just wasn't a whole lot at the time, you know. And I refer to at the time, I'm also kind of talking about pre-internet. Oh, of course. And then even earlier internet where, at least in the Batman community up to that point, those people who did know mm-hmm. tended to be a little bit more proprietary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, oh, I have this picture, but I'm not sharing it with you. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know about the collection I have? Uh-huh. The, the, that, the whole sharing of community wasn't quite enforced. Yet. Oh, it wasn't <laughs> enforced. No, it was. It, it hadn't even come out to look at the sun yet. I mean, okay. it, it hadn't even opened the door. Okay. And like I said, there was just wasn't much for me as far as information initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, then doing a little research on Wally's website and stuff, you start to find things like, oh, there was a shell underneath that cowl. I didn't know if it was made like out of shaped leather mm-hmm. or something stitched. To, you know, how did he keep that shape? Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea. So as soon as I saw one. I had to flip that side, look at the inside, and go, oh, hey, so that's what it looks like on the inside. Okay, before I even put the thing on, Mm -hmm. I had to look at the inside. Mm -hmm. So once I looked inside, I had to put the thing on. Of course. And now up to this point, Wally's costume was, as far as the craft was concerned at that particular day and age, was the state of the art. Mm -hmm. For the information we had before us, before what research Wally had done, and he had done extensive research. As a matter of fact, kids, uh, check out uh, Wally's podcast on Costume Station Zero. It's a three-parter extravaganza. He, he gets heavy into it talking about how he talked to Jan Kemp, the uh, costume designer for Batman, and it's a cornucopia of information. Yeah. I think this is my Stan Lee moment. It's like, hey, check out back on issue number whatever here, <laughs> you know, Marvel fans. Nice. Actually, be Batman fans, so it wouldn't be Stan Lee, but anyway, <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> Bat podcast time, Bat podcast channel. Exactly. Check back on issue number 45, Smiling Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Insert asterisks here. Uh, episode three, for those who really want to know, if you want to <laughs> okay. scroll back on your iTunes. There you go. Um, uh, but anyway, but yeah, Wally had checked with the original, actually commissioned the original costume designer, uh, Jan Kemp, mm-hmm. for what Jan had in his notes. Wally uh, was fortunate enough to, uh, to meet with a fellow named Mark Hardiman, who owned, or still owns, uh, 
a complete Adam West Batman costume mm-hmm. and a 99.9% complete uh, Burt Ward Robin costume. Mm-hmm. And had certain access to be able for a moment, take some photos, do some quick scans, and do some quick measurements mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And for anybody to have hands-on access to any of that was unheard of sure. prior. Mm-hmm. So he had this information... And the nice thing is, like I said, when I'm visiting Wally, buying my cowl for the first time, he brings me over to his computer and starts showing me these pictures. Oh, wow. Yeah, my jaw dropped. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, it was a slice of heaven right there. Yep. I was, he's showing me the original Bat Chest logo, mm-hmm. which was originally painted. It wasn't, and it wasn't symmetrical. Yeah, I noticed that. It's not symmetrical. Mm-hmm. And if you make it symmetrical, something in your brain tells you it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something you look at and you just kind of go like, looks nice, but it doesn't, something about it's off and you don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And it turns out you kind of have to go with that hand painted, you know, if the eyebrows are totally perfectly even, it's something not quite right about it. It's about those handcrafted little nuances. So while he had a scan of the original mm-hmm. logo, uh, and like I said, did all these different pictures of the buckle and, and those kind of pieces. Mm-hmm. And once we like looked at all the different pictures and pieces, show me little details of like how the end point of the cape has a slight little curve up or little 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 slight twist in the curve. I'm motioning with my fingers, which do podcasters no good right now. No. But it does this little curve thing that's just a neat little touch. Mm-hmm. Seeing it's like a little outside stitch on the thing to give them nice sharp points. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it had snaps on the back of it to hold it in place. Mm-hmm. Th- those like little nuances, like I said, I had no idea. I knew had no idea what the back of a utility belt looked like. Well, of course. How it was attached in the back. Mm-hmm. So then Wally takes me over to this uh, closet with all these different costume pieces he has in it. So he's showing me his utility belt. <laughs> showing me his cape. <laughs> showing me his boots. Now, I have to emphasize... For me, Halloween costuming boy, mm-hmm. seeing these boots that are made of leather. Yeah. No, I know. I've... That are just, that are actual, the real boots. Mm-hmm. They're not like a costume thing. No, they're not boot coverings. And they're not boot coverings. Mm-hmm. They look like, wow, you can go hiking in these puppies, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he even showed me the slight curve in the zipper of how Batman's boots were. They had this little curve on the inside zipper. Hmm. They didn't just go straight down. It's like, yeah, Adam West's boots, they have a curve. Nice. Wow, I had no idea. Now I knew. I felt like, you know, he was sharing me all this information. Mm -hmm. But the thing about those boots that hit me was, wow, these things are like like real clothes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't have the Halloween costume aspect. Exactly. It's not something, oh, I could go pick this up over at Spencer's on Halloween season. No No, way. No, yeah. And I I would have been having boot envy too. I'm all about the superhero boots. Yeah, but that was like my first real exposure to go like, wow, this is like, you're serious about this, aren't you? Mm -hmm. You know, the buckle on his utility belt was made of brass. Mm -hmm. Uh, The cape had a body about it. It wasn't just like something like I had as a kid that looked like it was flammable. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> With a string in the front to tie oh, it. Oh, the string in the front. Like a yeah. yellow string. Oh, uh, yeah. But I mean, look, it, it kicked the, you know, the the bathroom towel and safety pin cape I had for years, yep. you know, to shame. Mm-hmm. Even if my, you know, bathroom towel was the right shade of blue. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blue towel. 
Was it was it ninety nine percent accurate shade of blue? <laughs> hey, to a five year old, it was a hundred percent happiness. <laughs> um, so uh, so you're in bat heaven. Yeah, you have picked out your bat cowl. Picked out my bat cowl, and just kind of in talking, I started kind of getting swept in this whole idea of wow, you go and you do these things at these conventions, and at first I thought like you know yeah you just maybe Halloween because that's mm-hmm. respectable, yeah, right? You know. You know, if your wife goes out there as Catwoman, well, hey, cool. Oh, now it's now it's acceptable. All right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, the wife goes out as Catwoman. That's fine. I'm just hanging with her. I'll, I'll right. hold on to the bags and buy comics and stuff. But hey, my cool wife, you know, right. just, I'm married to Catwoman. Right. You know, that right. kind of thing. But looking at those group photos at Wall, and Wall was showing me more photos of like different stuff he had done mm-hmm. over the years. And seeing those costumes, I just looked at that bat costume and stuff and just thought, wow, this is this looks like this could be really fun. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned to Wally, he said, well, are you going to do like a Gotham group again sometime this year? You know, is there anybody I might be able to do? And he goes, well, we never had a false face before. Ah. And I thought, false face? I can do false face. Because mm-hmm. he showed me the kind of mask that they had, which you could still buy to this day. You just have to kind of paint them and to give them the right look. Mm-hmm. In a suit, that that sort of thing. So I thought, well, I could probably do a false face. That would just be, okay, I can kind of do that maybe. Mm-hmm. Because I still thought trying to do a bat suit was just economically, that's something I'd probably take two or three years to put together. Right, right. You know, how many bonuses in a row mm-hmm. can, can you use? You know, start with a cowl. Start with a cowl. Anyway, the night kind of went on like that. Mm-hmm. But here's another key thing that happened that night. Like I said, that night, without a doubt, changed my life. I am not over-glamorizing it, mm-hmm. but flat out that meeting and that night, changed where my life went uh knowing where your life is now i think i can wholeheartedly agree yeah but one of the key things that happened that night one of the last things that happened is now i dabble in graph well i i'm a graphic artist mm-hmm. but at that time i had a day job mm-hmm. you know i worked in music instrument retail mm-hmm. as a manager Ooh. in operations Exciting. i did accounting and <laughs> told people what the rules were and, and you know make sure we were insurance compliant hard for me to believe but anyway <sighs> but i did it as a matter of fact, my nickname was Batman mm-hmm. before I ever put a cape on because I told people what was, you know, the thing to do <laughs> and uh, enforce the rules mm-hmm. and solve the problems. Mm-hmm. I, was, uh, I, would, I would solve the mysteries around there and you'd find me in the rafters of the warehouse looking for gear. <laughs> so literally, that's where it started. A guy gave me a nickname and goes, hey, what are you doing up there, Batman? You know, right. And I was a comic book fan, so it, it stuck. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I already had the reputation nice. at that point. Nice. Like I said, before I ever put a costume on. Wally, that night, shows me this really faded picture of Adam behind the scenes on the set. Adam's got, like, a, a blue robe on just over his tunic. It's mm-hmm. like in between scenes, his, his hair's a little muscle, but it's really, really faded. Mm-hmm. And Wally was showing me this picture, and I go, wow, well, you know, you could probably rescan that. And, you, you know, all you have to do is just change the levels and the brightness and the contrast and stuff. And Wally goes, well, here. And he hands me the picture. Mm-hmm. He said, I figure you know what you're going to be doing, and I'll be seeing you because you've been talking about utility belts and stuff like that. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll hook up in the future. Wow. And it was that trust yeah. and that sharing mm-hmm. that he showed me on a guy he's never met before. True. Mm-hmm. That spoke the world to me. That was not the culture I had been coming from. Right. And this sense of sharing, what he had done sharing with me what he knew and what he had learned meant the world to me and spoke to me Mm -hmm. that uh, my modus operandi was whatever I learn, 
whatever I can share, I'll put it out there. If I learn something about a cape on my own, I'll put it out there. Mm-hmm. If it's something that somebody knows proprietary and they share with me in private, well, I'll respect that for them. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's preference. But if it's something I figured out on my own, I'll, I'll put it out there. Mm-hmm. Photos that I would scan and put up online, a Witten watermark. Right. Every other site would always put this big courtesy of so-and-so's website. Big, you know, and I'm like, hey. It's like, look, you don't really own the picture. It came from this. Yes, it's part of your collection. And for me, I put out pictures. I would put a, a picture a week. Mm-hmm. It, used to, it used to be bat pick of the week back in the day. Mm-hmm. That I would post online. No watermark. And it was a pretty good resolution, you mm-hmm. know, respectable for the web, at least at the time. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea was to share. Anything I learned, I'd share. Right. And eventually the thing I started sharing was my experiences. Because Wally shared those with me. Sure. One of the forum things that came up within about a month of me getting my cowl. Oh, I had bought some material I thought I'd make a cape out of, for example. Mm. Bought some material. I was thinking about it. Hey, there's some of that material that Wally was talking about. Found some of Joanne's. <laughs> I'm going to get that. Mm-hmm. Is, so, this, is this the Zeus fabric? It was the Zeus fabric. Mm-hmm. And at that time, it was a good read. Uh, it's... 90, okay, it's about 85%. <laughs> but it had a pretty good read. It was, it was, it's no longer even available anymore. But at the time, it was, it was the godsend kind of fabric as mm-hmm. far as if you needed to find something at a Joann's that would work. And, uh, so I had gotten some of the stuff, thought maybe I'll make a cape out of this one these days. And somebody online started asking, Hey, who makes the best cowl out there? This guy or that guy or that guy? And there was a couple, there's always been a good couple of choices out there. Mm-hmm. And I've often said, you get what you pay for. Right. That's a good motto. You know, it, okay, you put this cowl on, someone say, hey, you're doing an Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. But if you put this cowl on, wow, that looks like the thing, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Some people just put in with words. Well, I think so-and-so makes one. Well, mm-hmm. I think so-and-so makes one. Mm-hmm. Well, I said, I'm going to put in a picture. Nice. So I put the cowl on, and I didn't have a costume, but I took some of the fabric and wrapped it kind of around, kind of like... And Bella Lugosi, Dracula style, kind of around my neck and like with my arm in the front, like as if I'm kind of holding my cape in front of me. Right. So I just draped the fabric around as if I had a cape going around. Mm-hmm. Took the picture, posted it online, and said, hey, I'm happy with my Wally cowl. Nice. And I sent the picture to Wally. And Wally wrote back to me and he says, you know, this year for Comic-Con, forget about doing false face. You be Batman. Hmm. And that was really... It was kind of like the gauntlet was thrown. Yeah, no, I, I can I can see that, and that's actually really uh, generous of him. To, I mean, it's that's that was kind of the thing he was doing for so long, but then for him to kind of almost symbolically say, you know what, baton's now in your court. I don't even know if it's so much conscious at that point of mm-hmm. him handing over the baton, rather than he was not he was he was nobody out there who was going to say, oh, I can be the only Batman. Oh, sure. Wally sure. was never that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was like, you know, hey, five guys out there being Batman? Great. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. So he was always very generous about that notion, but I didn't want to be Batman while he's out there being Batman at the mm-hmm. same convention or something like that, right, obviously. Right, right. But no, he just sat there and said, no, you be Batman. And this is like March. Remember I was talking about that two, three year yeah, plan I was thinking about doing for my bat suit? Yeah. It, got, it kind of got stepped up. <laughs> Let me take one brief step back here sure. and ask you: the first time you put the cowl on, what was your what was your thoughts? What was your feeling? I need to put some padding in this thing because it's not <laughs> sitting on my head right. Um, to take the cowl home that night, mm-hmm. I mean, at the time I think it was like six hundred eighty-five dollars or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
um, for that cowl. A good chunk of change still, but nothing compared to what a top cowl will get you today. Right. Mm-hmm. But even then, I for a single costume piece in my life... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I understand. I probably hadn't even spent that much in all the costumes I had ever worn right. up to that point. Right, right. Collectively. Right. So... You know, do you have a carrying case for this sort of thing? No. You can't just stick this in a bag. Uh-huh. You can't just stick it in the back seat while you drive. Mm-hmm. What, what, what do you do? You get your fingerprints all over it? Mm-hmm. Vicky's like, I'll drive. You wear it on the way home. Oh, my gosh. We drove all the way home with me in the passenger seat with the cowl on my head because I thought that was the only way to transport the thing home. I, but, I, but see, I'm also seeing, you know, uh, a young... Scott, right there, you know, like the kid who's coming home with his new Halloween costume. You know, you must have, you must have had a bit of that vibe, right? I was living that vibe. I was living that vibe for weeks. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was huge. And uh, once again, and just to show you, like I said, the the beauty of my wife in that regard of our relationship, you know, is her going, "I'll drive. You wear the cowl." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did anyone stop and, and notice? Oh, no, it was at night. Okay. Yeah, we were, we were just, you know, I think she said I was just beaming the entire way because it's an hour drive home. <laughs> Since then, I've learned that you can't put them in bags, just wrap them properly. <laughs> That's right. Sort of thing. Right. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think the, I think, I don't think the cows have gotten as much tender, loving care as they did that night. <laughs> but yeah, that was my, but that was my first cowl. Right. Once again, with the help of Wally. Mm hmm. And uh, and then getting together with this fella that was trying to help me along with, uh, I ended up commissioning him to uh, put together Vicky's uh, Catwoman suit after all, because mm-hmm. it looked like it might be more involved than what she was comfortable with at that particular time to, mm-hmm. to do. And also I looked at things like deadlines, and he thought he had the right kind of material, which it wasn't, and there's all kinds of... Th- uh, that, that's for Vicky's podcast, I'm sure, for her talk about her first Catwoman suit. As good as it was going to get for the time. As good as it was going to get for the time, but by... Around my birthday, which is in late June, Mm -hmm. I finally had pretty much gotten my first Batman suit put together. Mm -hmm. And I went to Wally's sources for getting the gloves, went to in the boots, and trying to get my tights dyed and all that sort of stuff to the specs that we had back then. I had to give a meeting, a Saturday morning meeting, to the crew. At your day job. At my day job. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was kind of like a... Here's where we are in our loss prevention uh-huh. right now for the year. Uh-huh. And we were doing very, very well. But who else should talk about loss prevention other than the Cape Crusader? Okay. So my first time ever putting the costume on complete, I didn't even know what I looked like in it yet. Because the trunks were just finished that morning. I had just gotten the cape in like FedExed the night before uh utility bill i think the paint was still wet on it when it came in from i mean it came in and it was like some of the pouches were kind of still sticking together yeah it just all kinds of things that like i said any kind of deadline Mm -hmm. and i changed in a back office of the music store as a matter of fact the crew didn't know i was there other than the one of the sales managers because i orchestrated this little get together i was going to surprise them Uh I, i got there way early I changed in one of the back offices, and I told the sales manager on a particular cue, strike up the bat music. Okay. And to get the meeting started, they strike up the Batman theme. I come running around for the back. Excuse me, good citizens. Excuse me, good citizens. And I conduct the entire meeting as Adam West Batman. Oh, my God. Having no idea what I looked like because there was no mirror 
Oh. In that back office. Wow. All I could do was look at Vicky because she was only get together for the first time. Uh, just like, how's it look? She goes, you look great. And I took her word for it. Okay. <laughs> and people were taking some pictures and stuff mm -hmm. uh, up front while I was conducting the meeting. But anyway, that's what I did. And that was literally my first outing in the bat suit. And then we took some pictures behind the building of me in my suit. And, you know, I posted some of those online for the message board. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, Chuck Williams, who's a great, great artist. I, I can't think of enough superlatives and accolades of how important he is into the Batman costuming community now. Mm -hmm. uh, he with his wife, Lynn, yeah. at Williams Studios. Fantastic work. But at this point, he was on the sidelines watching, collecting information, theorizing, work, working out all the stuff. Mm -hmm. He, You know, developing, you know, his own information as it were mm -hmm. and some stuff that we were already starting to benefit from uh things like gasper gloves who made the gloves and that sort of stuff he's the one who put wally onto them oh, wow. and so forth mm -hmm. but chuck was one of the guys who online sat there and said he says the one thing i noticed about you scott in the picture so far is you sell it you're selling the character mm -hmm. you're not just standing there like in a costume going hi ah, here i am in my bat suit right right i'm trying to act like adam did in the suit i'm mm -hmm. trying to look like batman in the suit, that kind of thing. So anyway, that was uh, that was the first outing, and then my first real public outing was uh, about a week right before Comic Con. Okay, San Diego Comic Con, still two thousand and four, right into July. Mm -hmm. I found out that there was going to be like some model show, like car model show, mm -hmm. and there was going to be a Batmobile there. Uh, Nate Truman, who had a replica Batmobile and still has a replica Batmobile, right. uh, was offering like little photo ops with it and stuff. He was fairly local, or at least the, the appearance was he was having was fairly local for me. Mm -hmm. And I got in, got in the suit, got over there, and took pictures with his Batmobile. So wow. it was a, And since I showed up in costume, he was very nice about it. <laughs> in regards to like, well, you came with the suit. I guess you get the, you, get the, you know, <laughs> here, get behind the wheel. Here, stand next to the doors. You know, here, hold the bat phone up and that sort of stuff. Nice. And we were doing the total photo op of mm -hmm. it. But another first happened. This guy comes up and he goes, hey, can I get my picture taken with the car? And then he goes, oh, absolutely. I go, well, I'll move out of the way now. Let this gentleman, you know, yep. please take his picture with the car. He goes, oh, no, no, I want Batman too. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And I go, but I'm not the guy. Yeah, right. You know, I'm, I'm going like, you really want a picture with me? Why Why do you want, you know, I'm just some guy in a suit, right? Right, right. He goes, oh, no, 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 man, come right here. I go, sure. So I stand next to the guy, and the guy goes, wow. And the guy looks at me, and he looks at the car, and he goes, this is like a dream come true. <laughs> and we took the picture. This yep. is the first person I ever posed with yep. as Batman. And what he was, he was living the illusion. right. He's like, no, I need to have Batman here or a Batman here and the car. But that was, that was before I went to Comic-Con, mm -hmm. that was, I had no idea. I had no idea what I was in for when I first stepped out of a hotel room in Comic-Con dressed as Batman. Clearly, because it sounds like you just, you were still somewhat thinking Halloween mindset. I'm like, go around and have a little fun for mm -hmm. me. You weren't thinking fan reaction so much. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that was that was the thing. You know, the fan reaction I was kind of expecting was kind of like, oh, yeah, na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na, Batman. <laughs> Which is what I usually got in Halloween when I dressed up as Keaton years before. <laughs> That's so weird. That's so they weird. They would still, well, what are you going to do? You're going to go, -da -na 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 -na. no, they're going to go, no, 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 no. They're not going to do the whole Danny Elfman theme. Yeah. No? <laughs> Who's no. going to hum that thing? You're right. It's it's a good theme, but it's not exactly. Exactly. Dun, dun, dun. 
tan, tan, tan. <laughs> it doesn't work, you know, na, 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 na. Everybody knows that one. Yeah, very true. So even as a, yeah, so, uh, but the, once again, that was Halloween when I would do that stuff. So yeah, Vicky, and then Vicky, uh, we also put together a Wonder Woman suit for her mm-hmm. uh, for that Comic-Con as well. So it'd be a day of her doing Wonder Woman and Batman and Catwoman and Batman mm-hmm. was the idea. And that was the first Comic-Con that we actually booked hotel room. You know, for the stay. Right, right, right. Though we didn't understand this thing called preview nights, we skipped that. <laughs> yes. I, I, I know exactly where I know exactly where you're coming from, but yeah, yeah, yeah you Who start, knew? I know. Who knew? You, you think, oh, it's just a convention. You go for a day or whatever, and all of a sudden, that's all we ever did before. Right. I mean, we were going to Comic Con for nearly ten years. Mm-hmm. I think before we ever actually attended it for multiple days, mm-hmm. we had worked out total systems before of how we would attend Comic Con. Uh, she would have like these pull lists or, or these checkoff lists of back issues, in between yep. issues she needed. Mm-hmm. I'd always go look for stuff, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's like you know, oh, I'm looking for Amigo or or you know, some kind of memorabilia or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was, uh, but yeah, we did that for years. I mean, we even worked out walkie talkies before we had cell phones to be able to talk <laughs> to each other on the con floor. I am not kidding. That's how we used to do it. <laughs> This <laughs> that was old school. That's when you show up and pick up your tickets. So this shows you were serious for the day, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then uh, I was going to say that this is also back in the day at Comic Con where you could show up on the day, buy your mm-hmm. badge on site, yep. and walk in like a normal yeah, convention. yeah. But you, yeah, but you still show up like maybe six thirty in the morning for like an eight o'clock or nine o'clock uh, ticket window open. Mm-hmm. You know, you still try to get yourself in a good position in line, and we had the lawn chairs, but you could find parking near the mm-hmm. con or in the con. Mm-hmm. Uh, back then, so I knew the I knew the floor of the of the Comic Con, but this was the first year where we were going to attend all the days mm-hmm. and and you know and stay and go do the uh, costume thing. We didn't know any other cosplayers at right. that time. We didn't know this community. Mm-hmm. Uh, shoot, I didn't even know a forum existed or anything like that for that sort of thing. There certainly weren't podcasts back then about the subject. No, well, again, you're in the earlier days of the internet. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, 2004 was the game changer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just turned 40. And so, you know, for some people who think they're going to turn 40, like, hey, should I keep doing this? Uh, I started when I was 40. Well, was that aimed at Kevin Kittredge? <laughs> <laughs> I just have to ask. Um, Check back just a couple podcasts and you'll see the quote. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm 39 here. I don't know if I should be doing it. I should grow up. <laughs> It's okay, Kevin. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, to quote my late mother when I was younger, she said, you know, just remember, can't be Batman when you grow up. So I decided, well, I guess I just won't grow up. Mm-hmm. No point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. Yeah. So we hadn't even hit the con floor. I mean, we just got out of our hotel room. Here's Batman and Wonder Woman walking across. It's take two steps, take a picture. Yep. Take two steps, take a picture. I, I had no idea of the drill. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I thought I would actually make it to certain booths. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually thought I might, you know, make it, you know, like, well, what are we going to do? Well, we'll probably be out there for maybe an hour or so in costume. <laughs> and, you know, you realize, no, it takes you about an hour just to get onto the floor. Right. Uh, and the funniest thing, even back then, though, early on, I always just kind of, as soon as I put the costume on, because I used to uh, do drama in high school and so forth, so I always liked doing characters. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be Groucho Marx or something. So whenever I would put the makeup on or something like that in the theater, I'd be in character. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's method. I just think it's just once you put 
you, you put on the garb, suddenly the character kind of comes about. And when I did Keaton Batman in Halloween, I do Keaton Batman, right. which was easy because right. there wasn't no. I'm Batman. He's stoic. Mm-hmm. I'm Batman. Mm-hmm. Tell your friends about me. <laughs> I'm Batman. You know, yeah, that's all it was, man. I just walked around. I'm Batman. That's all I had. <laughs> hey, kid. I'm Batman. <laughs> you know. So yeah, that, that's all I had. And uh, and then you wave the cape up every right. once in a while. <laughs> but uh, I've always been a mimic. Uh, I always, you know, if if I have friends, I have certain kind of character to their voices. If I'm quoting a friend, I try to tend to try to mimic some of their speech pattern or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I'm not really trying to make fun of them. I, I think it's just I'm trying to give you the idea of how he would have said it, mm-hmm. how they would have said it. And then there's, you know, but as a kid, I think I always tried to do the Adam West voice type of thing. And I don't, I'm not a carbon copy of Adam's voice. It's just the nuance and the rhythm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's the essence of the voice that I like doing. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays I feel like I start talking more like when I mimic Adam, I tend to sound more like, oh, Adam sounds like nowadays, as opposed to how he sounds like as, as, as Batman. And Batman. When I quote Adam nowadays, I, I tend to, you know, you know, when you play the Cape Crusader <laughs> for as long as I did, <laughs> you can't help but feel a little batty. <laughs> it's a little more out of breath, Adam. Isn't it? <laughs> well, it's just it's 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 not the age; it's the mileage. There you go, and that kind of thing. Yeah, it's just a little more years behind. Probably a little more uh, Mayor of Colhog Batman, yeah, right. or <laughs> or Adam, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm in the costume, that I try to sound, you know, I just start doing the mannerisms. I start trying to do the character because I think I did that as a kid, mm-hmm. and it just you know, you put the costume on. Of course, you're going to act as that right i look at it like as an elvis tribute kind of thing sure sure you know once i put the costume on i'm that guy Mm -hmm. because i think if i act like scott without the costume i feel silly (laughs) (laughs) if i act like scott while wearing that thing it's just like what i'm scott with the costume how you doing (laughs) i i I get it and that's probably a good chunk of the reason why you did get such a good you still do get such a good reaction to that costume i mean when you walked around the con that day, it must have, I mean, that must have been a further game changer to you. Yeah, well, costume. the thing was that really spoke to me was, one, the amount of love towards this version mm-hmm. of Batman that I had a genuine love for. Mm-hmm. To suddenly see so many people that they're not wearing, you know, Batman t-shirts or, you know, they're I like Adam West Batman pens on or anything mm-hmm. like that or carrying their flags, as it were. Mm-hmm. But, boy, they went out of their way to tell me how much they love that show. In that version of Batman. And even the more casual passerbys go, Ooh, old school, man! Can't go wrong with old school! (laughs) That kind of thing. Uh, The na-na-na-nas. But it was generally positive. I mean, maybe once in every hundred, you might get some... You know, somebody who's just got to be, you know, mean-spirited or edgy or something like that to mm-hmm. make some kind of crack. But, you know, whatever. But the fact was is that there were just so many people who had an affection for this character. And I didn't confuse with, oh, you know, they love me that much. No, no. They love no, they, no. this character. And it just felt like representing at that point. Well, uh, what was the age range of the people coming up to? Oh, gosh. Five to 65 easily. Mm-hmm. Literally. I mean, young and old. Uh, and to the to the younger kids, I mean, they don't necessarily equip that with like, oh, TV mm-hmm. Batman. You know, it's Batman. That Batman definitely got way more approach than my Keaton one ever did. Yeah, you mentioned that before. Oh yeah, and uh, but yeah, this was you know this was Technicolor Batman. 
mm-hmm. you know, friendly Batman, the Batman who dances Batman, mm-hmm. approachable Batman. Right. That show's been syndicated right. ongoing. And mm-hmm. there's a certain waves of, of fandom that I see, which like at that particular point, there were some people just in their early 20s who, were, who kind of experienced it when they were going into extensive reruns uh, during the 89 movie launch. Right. You know, there was, there was kind of like a resurgence of Batmania that kind of did, that kind of spawned the movie, as a matter of fact. It wasn't the other way around. The movie didn't spawn like the reruns. The reruns kind of helped move along the uh, movie and so mm-hmm. forth. Uh, mm-hmm. There was this resurgence. That was, but the thing was, like I said, the fans ranged. Mm-hmm. Male, female, uh, young, old. They wanted to get a picture with Batman or take a picture of Batman. And if mm-hmm. I did a Batusi pose, they went nuts. Sure. If I if, if I start opening my mouth and saying something, I'd get, he sounds just like him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, and that was really neat because also uh, there's a there's a bat prop out there that's quite coveted in some sort, which is the Shakespeare bust. Right. Which would tilt back the head, flip the switch, and the bookcase would mm-hmm. open to get to the bat poles to go down to the bat cave. Mm-hmm. I saw one earlier that day. And I thought, hmm, kind of expensive, but I, I don't know. The guy offered me a discount because I was dressed as Batman. Nice. <laughs> so it was like, well, I yeah, I guess I have to get that thing then, don't I? And uh, I just said, well, put this one onto the side. I'll pick it up later because I can't go running around yes. with, with, with the Shakespeare bust during the day. <laughs> and once again, I thought I'd be back in a couple hours. Uh-huh. I was there till closing mm-hmm. of con that day mm-hmm. uh, in suit with Vicky. Uh, just even trying to leave Comic-Con out on the sidewalks after you've already been pushed out of the main convention yep. center and trying to just get back to your hotel. Mm-hmm. Stop for pictures, stop for pictures, stop for pictures. And at that point, I was carrying the Shakespeare bus right. in, a, in, a, in a box. Right, right. You know, sometimes I felt like I had to hold it over my head like a bomb of course, or something. Yeah. But no, occasionally I had just had to set it to the side a little bit. In pose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there were so many pictures being taken that day. And I don't think I have very many from that day. Because uh, we didn't realize you bring a friend to take pictures of you while you're at it. Learning these things, yeah. Right. I have my picture of you from that day, actually. Which is it went wild. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't know. I just said, hey, Adam West Batman. And I have a photo. And uh, Vicky clearly was distracted or looking up. But you clocked me because you're pointing at me. And I got to do the point. You gotta or the, the jazz hands or some kind, some kind of dynamic pose. Mm-hmm. You know, some people go, why don't you do the one where, like, he crosses his arms in front of him like he would do the kind of stoic mm-hmm. pose? So, because it covers up the bat symbol, dude. Nice. <laughs> you got to, you got to, you show him the costume, mm-hmm. sell the costume, sell the belt, sell the chest emblem. Even mm-hmm. if you put the hand out, you never cover your face, don't cover <laughs> your chest symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was already working out my, my shtick, I guess, at that point. I didn't even know I had one. Right. You know, and I mean, I'm a ham anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gee, also, are you, Scott? I yeah, never knew that yeah, about you. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. And, uh, you know, and from, you know, like I said, from back in my days of performing <laughs> as a, you know, as, as a keyboardist in rock bands and stuff like that, especially in the late 80s and so forth, you know, it was all about jumping around and, you know, being a spectacle. So, yeah, being uh, flashy. Yeah, being flashy. So I was, I'm not camera shy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, you're in a bat suit, you boy, you, you sell that thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that was my first taste. That was the first day. And even then, started meeting people, other people in costumes and so forth and already started kind of building a little bit of a bond with some of them at that point, people I, I know to this day. And uh, so, yeah, that was the first year. And you uh, you were not in a full back group that year like you and Wally. No, as about. a matter of fact, the back group just didn't come together. Vicky and I, you know, when she showed up the next day as Catwoman, mm-hmm. 
in a cat suit that where it didn't bend so much at the legs because it was a non-stretch material Oof. because the guy who made it was convinced it was not a stretch material. Mm -hmm. um, and it wasn't even a true black. It was a charcoal gray because he was convinced it was a charcoal gray. Right. That was that's where we were. We were in the dark ages of of, of, the, of the bat crap that people, you know, from the message board and so forth that listen to it now, you know, go. Oh, of course we know what it is now. Mm -hmm. Not then. Um, and uh, it's all relative. Yeah, mm -hmm. which is funny. I've since uh, <laughs> gained ownership of that old message board. That's Been right. Running. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was over eight years now. You know that that's taken over most of my. Uh, web presence, as it were. You know, mm -hmm. I had my own site, Bat Friend, for a while. I was developing at that time. It's mm -hmm. Still there, but I haven't really, very rarely touched it, except for some like my own. What were my blog entries back then, mm -hmm. uh, which now are over on my own blog on scottstripping.com. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's that's the internet stuff, and uh, that community. I've completely have emphasized sharing mm -hmm. where we can, and. In that community, uh, guys like Chuck Williams, you know, is taken sharing what he's willing to be able to share. Mm -hmm. Things that are a little bit more proprietary or things that can affect his business. Or, hey, the guy earns to make some money after the research he's done. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah, of course, you know, some of that stuff, you know, he'll keep to himself. Or, you know, uh, or offer for sale in the form of a pattern or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. He's... He does great work, and he and Lynn have put together some great stuff, um, which I will do with a bat costuming uh, transmission at some point. But WilliamsStudio2.com. <laughs> uh, WilliamsStudios2.com. I don't yes. know. It's one of those. We'll write the right one down someday. I'm hoping to uh, to get Chuck on here uh, soon to talk bat cowls, but uh, yeah, well, it's bat cowls plus with him, of and, course. And then you can even talk about this. And there's so many other costumes that he's looked at over the years, and mm -hmm. he's studied over the years mm -hmm. that he doesn't necessarily even make. But the guy's eye for detail and nailing it mm -hmm. in shape and form, because the guy is a, in my opinion, a master sculptor. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I mean, that's his day job as being a sculptor, but he's damn good at it. Yeah, I've got the utmost respect for that but that guy's eyes. Mm -hmm. I mean, for color, for shape, form, the relationship of objects and stuff uh, is amazing. And uh, he is the maker. Ian Lynn are the makers of the cowl that I currently wear. Actually, they're the, uh, once I retired my Wally cowl, mm -hmm. which still sits very prominently in my home studio, I you know moved on to my first Chuck cowl and then uh, wore that thing out <laughs> and i'm on you know my uh, third cowl now who knew uh yeah going back to when you thought i'll just wear it at halloween yeah, yeah exactly mm -hmm. who knew mm -hmm. and uh, it's almost going on 10 years next year it'll be 10 years i've been doing batman so uh so yeah you you never would have predicted where this all was going to lead you no no not at all you know i mean it, it started a lot of different things i mean okay yeah there's the bat fandom mm-hmm that I really get into. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, you know, out of any costuming, cosplay thing that I do, Batman is my go-to. It is, that's the one I, I, I treat with the most respect that I have. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that uh, definitely came from that was the investigating for materials, mm -hmm. the hunting yeah. of information, you know, for Batman, some things were already kind of done for me ahead of time with guys like Wally right. and Chuck. But there were still things I was still able to look into. Mm -hmm. And there were things that once I had access to be able to check out the Hardman costume, I was able to look into details that 
Wally didn't have time to check out before. Mm-hmm. Even I even asked Chuck, hey, Chuck, is there some things you want me to take notes on? Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I see. And he goes, yes, I need measurements for this, this, and 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 this. And then there were some things I wanted to check out myself, like, you know, how straight was the nose mm-hmm. down the front? Mm-hmm. Was it straight or was it slightly curved? We held a credit card right up to the edge of it, and there's a very slight, very slight curve to it. Hmm. Very slight, because it's a sculpted thing. It right. wasn't machined. Mm-hmm. Um it's not symmetrical in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. And as a matter of fact, I got to put that costume on. Wow. The original costume, yeah. Mark Hardiman, my dear friend, the late, great Billy Lloyd. We were at a hotel room in 2006 mm-hmm. for an anniversary show, uh, an autograph show where a lot of the cast members were getting together to do autographs and stuff. But it wasn't like a comic convention. It was just like a Hollywood celebrity show. Mm-hmm. But enough of us kind of got together to kind of make our own little mini convention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like in Mark Hardiman's hotel room, practically. He had his costumes. I was taking pictures of them. And at one point, Billy looked over to Mark and said, And hey Mark, you know, if anybody should be able to put this suit on, you think Scott should be able to put that thing on? <laughs> and Mark's going like, oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. And Billy walks by and he goes, Scott, Mark says you can put the costume on if you want. <laughs> I miss that guy. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, <laughs> but Billy asked the question. I didn't have the nerve to ask. Yeah. And I put that thing on. Now, keep in mind, a lot of this, a lot of the uh, stretch that were, because it was a natural rubber fibers that were mm-hmm. in a lot of that old stretch material had blown out and the colors had gone, you know, on the satins have faded. Who cares? I got to put on Adam West's yes, bat suit, and it fit. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the cowl's a little big, but because uh, it was all kind of trunks were blown out, so those were definitely like bloomers. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I just barely got into those tights, and those things are like the old nylon tights that have like like a one-way stretch to them. They're not even too – they're not like a spandex or a suplex or anything like that. Like I was wearing like that slick exotic stuff I get to wear today. Mm-hmm. And you really do get the sense of when someone says it's like kind of scratchy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the weird thing about that material, too, was that because it only stretched in certain directions, yeah. it forced your body to conform to it if you could squeeze yourself uh, into it, especially mm-hmm. around the torso. So it was kind of interesting when I saw some pictures. I go, wow, it's squeezing me around the waist just like it does on Adam's pictures, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it was, yeah, that, was, that, was a, that was an eye-opener, mm-hmm. uh, putting that stuff on and getting a sense of being in that suit and some of the limitations of it. But uh, in that picture, though, a couple of pictures that were taking me in that suit, um. I can't even act like Adam in it. No. I, my my smile is ear to ear. I am Scott in a suit. I'm laughing. I'm cracking up. It's just uh, that was just a mind blower to be able to put that thing on. That that was that was such a big moment. But getting back to costuming uh-huh. and cosplaying, rather than just the geeking up putting on an original. <laughs> Did, did you find wearing it that, because uh, I, I found this when I put on either very good replicas of costumes or, or the rare chance I've ever had to wear original pieces, that um, uh, it's very educational in immediately sensing, oh, this not only this is how and why it would lay and look a certain way, but also I get a much better sense of the acting choices that the person did when they were in this costume. Well, for Batman... I can't even say so much of a replica cause I'm, or just basic costume because my, even my first costume out of the gate mm-hmm. was a pretty decent replica or representation of kind of the limitations you would have had with that outfit. Mm-hmm. Just the cowl in itself makes you act a certain way. Having that cape around your shoulders and a utility belt that doesn't move very easily around mm-hmm. your waist 
uh, limits your, you know, uh, some of your mobility. So yeah, instantly putting on the costume from day one mm -hmm. gave you a sense of like, oh, there's a reason why you pivot your neck in your shoulders when you turn and you raise your head a certain way so you can <laughs> look and you realize that you can't really act with your eyes so much because someone can see them. So you do a lot more hand gestures. Mm -hmm. And then the question of where do you put your hands? Right. When you're just standing. Mm -hmm. And I kind of equated that Adam originally wanted to be like a cowboy actor. Uh, was, you know, wanted to be like a John Wayne kind of guy. You know, he was trying to, you know, shoot westerns and so forth. Mm -hmm. You know, so you had your gun belt. And I always recognized, and Adam's even said this in his book at one point, he kind of felt like wearing his utility belt was almost like wearing a gun belt. Mm -hmm. You know, the old west. Except, you know, your, your pouches are empty, so you feel like you have no bullets, right. you know, kind of right. thing. So you feel like a cowboy without your gun. But some people, would they would be trying to pose like Adam with their hand on their utility belt, mm -hmm. we almost always hold it like they're holding their belt buckle, like a good old boy in the South. Here I am holding my belt buckle right down here, you know. Mm -hmm. Adam always kind of had his hands more placed to the side, slightly off to the sides from the belt buckle, like you had to be ready to draw. Mm -hmm. Oh, here's a batarang. Whoa, here's a gas pellet. Right, right. You know, but you always had to have your hands like just kind of just, they're there, they're relaxed, but almost like I could draw at any moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you approach... Wearing your utility belt, almost like a gun belt, and that kind of like the Old West, and that's your shooting hands, you get a little bit more of the, pre the prepared kind of Batman stance. So you can be kind of relaxed, but the hands, it's relaxed on the belt, and that's just a place you can put your hands because you ain't got pockets. <laughs> okay. No, no, I, yeah, I know all too well when you wear a superhero. Uh, yeah, you got to yeah. figure that out. Yeah, So, yeah. and that belt just has enough mass that you have a nice place that you can just rest your thumbs and just kind of settle your hands on it, you mm -hmm. know. I'm always adjusting the buckle or the belt anyway because it shifts, it moves, the pouches move, it raises, it dips, you know, it doesn't stay in place. So you're always kind of fidgeting with it. Mm -hmm. At least I do. Right, right. <laughs> it's just one of those kind of little things. And you start realizing that when I'm in, in costume, I'm always adjusting the costume. There's things like pulling the gloves. But that's kind of a mannerism I would see Adam do. He kind of adjust the fingers on his gloves, always making sure that they're nice and in position. Mm -hmm. you know, and then you're moving, you kind of slightly just move the cowl a little bit, and then you're walking, then you kind of move the, the utility a little bit. I'm always slightly adjusting the costume every step of the way. Because <laughs> <laughs> all you need is the picture where like your cowl's on crooked and the eyes are kind of askewed. Yep. <laughs> you know, those are always the ones that pop up. Yeah. You know? No, and then worried if you do the Batusi shot, it was it really hot outside and you're pitting out? Right. You know? Oh gosh, you know that's always that's no fun. Uh, I've always been impressed that in uh, the majority of pictures I've ever seen, uh, even in Candid's, you're always kind of on. You always have a good Adam pose going. Whereas I, no matter how much I try and uh, prepare, there's always some bad Candid's in me in a costume. We're like, oh, they got Bob. They didn't get the character. Um, and uh, I don't know if that's just because it just came to you as you were doing it, or if you really were, or if you're really that conscious all the time of I'm gonna make sure I'm always in character. So um, to speak. that conscious, literally. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, that's the price you pay. I mean, I have I have some friends. It's like, look, they'll go do the Batusi over at Hooters. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they could be just standing there having a, a soda in their hand, or mm -hmm. or you know, hey, I got a bag of popcorn, <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, or they got their uh, swag bag at Comic-Con, mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. And that's fine. That works for them. For me, um, I don't want a picture up there, out there, of me where I'm not, you know, if I got that cowl on, mm -hmm. well, that's the other thing I'd allow out there. 
there's no pictures, of, at least there shouldn't be, <laughs> uh, any pictures of me getting ready mm-hmm. or pictures of me where I don't have the, where I'm just in my tights and I don't have my cowl on. Mm-hmm. I'm either one or the other. There's no in-between shots. Mm-hmm. It's like either I'm Scott or there's Batman, you know. And there's costumers out there that, you know, that's fine. That works for For Batman, for me, it's one or the other. That's just the illusion for me. I'm either one or the other. Mm-hmm. And when I'm on as Batman and I'm in the public, you know, if I'm in a back room and we're just sitting talking and I'm still happy to be in my costume, yeah, okay, you know, no, Bob, talk to me as the Cape Crusader. (laughs) (laughs) No, you know, I mean, I can carry a conversation and cope, Mm -hmm. you know, but if there's anything where it's like it's out, it's in the public, there's cameras or or a possible camera out there, Mm -hmm. I I just make sure I'm just in character and eventually... If I'm comfortable in the character, like I said, I found a stance that works, mm-hmm. you know, more casually where I can rest my hands and I you put a little weight to one leg. Um, just try to keep the posture together if you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes I got some shots where I'm slouching more than I like. Yeah, and yeah. I go like, oh, oh, well. But it still kind of reads like, yeah, it could be Batman. Maybe he's listening closely to somebody. <laughs> no, I'm just about ready to pass out from being out, you know, out there all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, for Batman, it's very conscious. Mm-hmm. There's not a moment I always try to be on my best behavior. For Batman, for me... It's like wearing a uniform. Mm-hmm. You're representing at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not to me. That one isn't just waving fan colors. Mm-hmm. That's not the casual. Um, yeah, I am portraying that character. I am at least representing that character at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I want to put out there. You know, if a kid sees it, if an adult sees it, or whatever, I'm always going to try to be on my best behavior. Uh, if someone comes up with a video camera and wants to interview me, mm-hmm. uh, I always tell them as long as it's good, clean, family fun. Uh, I won't do something that I think was not in keeping with the character on the show. That's just me. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't put that on anybody else. That's just my own hang-up. <laughs> now, there's other characters I've done where I usually still try to be, you know, as polite as I can and and so forth. But Scott will come out a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my Kirk. Right. You know, Scott will come out much more often when I'm wearing Kirk in Star Trek or something like that. Because of that, when I think it's just. It does. I don't think I want to be William Shatner. <laughs> you know, you know, you turn on the Kirk for you know when you're about ready to do the thing. But that one just feels a little more com- That one I'm just a little more comfortable. Like, okay, I'm Scott. I'm doing a Star Trek thing today, and and probably it gives me it would give me a break from having to be so on like I am with Batman. Mm-hmm. But Batman, yeah, like I said, Batman just means so much to me. That version, mm-hmm. it means so much to me growing up and what it's done in my adult life for me. You know, I'll just always say it's made me a better person. You've uh, you, you said you've been doing it now um, nine years. Mm-hmm. Uh, several several conventions, uh, charity appearances. But uh, you've uh, okay. We hit the list, right? You know, no charities. You're right. Fundraisers. That's it. Uh, you know, or just even a um, public awareness type thing of like uh, parades. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, support your local poli- police, fire department type functions. Right. Right. The occasional fan film type things, mm-hmm. um, car shows. <laughs> so, out of all of these appearances, what what are I won't I won't even say single. What are your standout experiences in the costume? Well, you almost have to break it down to categories almost because they're oh boy, there's so many different really great ones. I could say probably as far as being in costume, creating that illusion for somebody. Mm-hmm kind of experience almost coincides with one of my favorite celebrity moments 
which is me telling Adam and, uh, my favorite experience in costume up to that point. <laughs> okay. Which was, um, it was in 2005. I was doing a photo shoot over at Bronson Cave, which was the location of the original Bat Cave. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the uh, Batmobile would come out for the, for the exterior shot and used for all kinds of films beyond that. I was doing a photo shoot over there. Uh, Vicky was taking the pictures, and I'm in my costume. As you do. As you do. And while I'm standing out there for pose, I see these uh, see this mother and a kid come up the trail mm-hmm. that lead up to there. And a little kid, probably five at four or five at most. Mm-hmm. And they come up the trail, they see me, and they stop dead in their tracks. The kid's mouth is just like wide open, like, oh, yeah. what, what, what's this, you know? Mm-hmm. And the mother comes a bit closer, and I can kind of hear her starting to talk to Vicky. And she says, you know, we just got finished watching the 60s Batman movie. And I kind of remembered that the cave was up here, so I thought I would show it to him. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, the kid's just like looking at me. And I realized, how many kids have ever come up to this trail, to this bat cave, and Batman is standing right out in front of it? <laughs> it's like going to the North Pole and, hey, Santa Claus is there. Right. <laughs> you know, hi, how are you doing? Right, right. You know, and Vicky's often said, you can imagine the conversation the mother had with the kid. No, we're going to the cave. No, Batman's not going to be there. Right. It's just a location. Right, right. You know, the one moment that you watch the film and you come out and Batman's standing out there. And to that kid, he's in that magic age mm-hmm. where he's just, he's buying into it whether he thinks i'm the guy or not i was close enough mm-hmm. and by this point i already had experience with, with children enough to you know just kind of motion them if it's okay for them to approach you or anything mm-hmm. like that and i just kind of did a wave to him and he came running up to me took one of my hands and looked over at vicky who was holding the camera like he was ready for a picture mm-hmm. and the mother said to vicky says you know and this is the one time i haven't brought a camera with me <laughs> Now, upon telling this story to Adam West, Adam went, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, but, uh, I said, well, if you got an email address, we can email it to you. Mm-hmm. And Adam said, you did the right thing. You did the right thing, because that is a lifelong memory for that little boy. Absolutely. He'll remember the day he got to meet Batman at the Batcave. Mm-hmm. That, uh, and the kid, I asked him what his name was. It was about all he could get out. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, we did quite a few poses and Mm -hmm. quite a couple different pictures. And apparently he has cousins and stuff that were like out in like Pennsylvania or Pittsburgh or something like that. That would never believe Mm -hmm. his story if he didn't have the pictures. Yep. Uh, So for that little boy, you know, because I wish I was that kid. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down to. That's why it's probably one of my favorite moments, because I wish I had been that kid yep. that got to walk up there and go, oh, <laughs> well, of course Batman's here. It's the Batcave. Bat exactly. Mm-hmm. Which takes me, like I said, my favorite mo- one of my favorite moments with Adam was talking about the story, because uh, it said, you know, what was my favorite moment in costume? We were having this conversation. I wasn't in costume right, right. at the time. And he said that, uh, you know, he says, kids, kids are the best. Uh, the kids are, he says, you know, I always tried to make sure I was on my best behavior whenever I was in costume, whenever I was around the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's possibly one of the reasons why I wore that costume as long as I did afterwards. Oh, yeah. You know, is what he said. And it was just, it was really nice uh, just kind of 
bonding or whatever with Adam at that point where, you know, yeah, look, he's Batman in my eyes, you know, right, and right. Uh, whatever I've done and whatever I've gotten to do does, <laughs> it's no, it doesn't come even close to his pinky of the experience that guy and sure. what he's brought to it. Mm-hmm. But for us to be able to have something mutual that we both just kind of go like, yeah, that's, that's kind of special part about being Batman mm-hmm. is, is, uh, is those kids reactions and how they look up to that, that character. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's definitely still one of my fondest, fondest memories in costume. Um, and one of my favorite moments, like I said, in, you know, in, in talking with, uh, with Adam. And then, uh, I think one of my favorite personal moments Meaning, like you can almost almost call it alone time. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I don't like standing in my house in costume, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, going. I feel like I'm Batman today. <laughs> I'll just walk here to the living room without a moment to lose. You know, <laughs> maybe there's something around the corner in the hallway. <laughs> I don't do that much. <laughs> You're amongst friends, Scott. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, was when uh, we were shooting. A fan film out in New York. They've the producer this fan film, The Adventures of Little Batman, mm-hmm. uh, flew me out to New York to play the adult Batman right. in the film. And part of it involved with me driving a Batmobile, that sort of stuff. And we had to work out certain logistics from the hotel that I was at, little hotel I was staying at, mm-hmm. and to where they were filming. Mm-hmm. And it involved kids that were like about five years old and stuff and if Batman shows up on set too soon they'll get all distracted you'll get nothing out of them and all that sort of stuff and the producer wanted to surprise the kids too when Batman finally shows up mm-hmm. so he wanted to have it where I showed up at a particular time in the Batmobile mm-hmm. well to go from where I was staying to where they were shooting you know it could be a logistical nightmare as far as you know timing wise and stuff so this guy organized a police escort <laughs> from my hotel where I met with the mayor of the nice. town nice. <laughs> of of uh, Ardsley, hopefully I pronounced this, the town right, mm-hmm. and uh, met up with the mayor, who was also the chief of police, by the way. Maybe he was technically the commissioner. Nice. So we need to get that guy a bat phone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, met up with him, and then was to have a police escort from there to where the kids were when we got the go signal. Like there was a certain interval mm-hmm. time-wise. Like I said, it's almost like alone time, because what, what the alone time was is where I got in the Batmobile, uh, which went on by uh, Dan Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. It's the same Batmobile that appears in the film Rockstar. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So we would call it the Rockstar Batmobile because that's mm-hmm. what we mostly know it from. Dan had take me take, done the rounds earlier in the day showing me how to drive it. Mm-hmm. I drove it once not in costume. Then then we went and did a uh, drive with me in costume, which is a slightly different experience with peripheral vision and mm-hmm. <laughs> gloves and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then when I was to go do my solo drive was in this police escort. So, you know, you don't want to rear in one of the police cars or, mm-hmm. or one of the motorcycles. Uh, but we were going through the red lights. They had their, their beacons going. And I'm just in New York State in <laughs> September. It's beautiful weather. Mm-hmm. And I'm in the Batmobile by myself driving. <laughs> and like I said, it's a beautiful day out. It's beautiful. So you're going through this township, going through this police escort. And I think to myself, actually, I didn't just think it to myself. I said it. It's a wonderful day to be a crime fighter. <laughs> and that's that's probably my favorite individual little private moment where I just felt like, this is what Batman must be like when he turned <laughs> the Batmobile through the town in the costume. You know, on his way. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's still one of the best quotes I ever heard when we were passing through because 
you know, the, uh, it's it's not a convertible. It's an open air car. Right. So you hear what people say. Right. Right. And we're going through one of the. Uh, we had slowdowns. We're kind of going through a light. Uh, a stoplight area mm-hmm. and people had their cell phones out taking pictures. Right. Uh, people stopping out of the cars with their hands sticking out to take pictures. And I heard a person on the corner say, it must be serious because they got Batman on it. <laughs> so that's, that, that's a, just as far as like it's a little private moment. And that was, that was a ton of fun. Oh yeah. Um, Do you think if, uh, you know, childhood Scott Sebring, who was watching Batman in the sixties uh, would have known you know, that here in the future, here in, uh, what was it, uh, 2005, 2006? That was 2007. 2007, that you would be driving the Batmobile in costume. I mean, do you think you'd even believe it? I would have dreamt it, but I would have never believed it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, even if you asked 39-year-old Scott, if you asked uh, Scott three months before he did it, mm-hmm. Scott, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would have found that hard to believe. Hmm. And uh, after moments like that, uh, I... You know, one could think they could get jaded mm-hmm. <laughs> over this, but I'm just still a fan and just geek boy that, you know, it's it's not lost. You know, any any of this stuff is still not lost on me. It's still fun and a thrill. I mean, uh, Alex, who's been, you know, my most consistent Robin through the years. He was the first Robin I, I've, you know, teamed up with. All right. But he's out of state. Yeah. So, um, so we can't always get together. But, you know, he usually makes most of the Comic-Cons, and uh, he made a point of flying out for Adam's uh, Hollywood Walk of Fame star ceremony so that we were able to show up at that together, mm-hmm. um, along with uh, Valerie Perez uh, filling in for Vicky as uh, Catwoman. Right, right. And uh, Sarah as Batgirl. Mm-hmm. And then we had another uh, lady named Alex uh, as, as another Catwoman who mm-hmm. happened to be there. But my buddy Alex, you know, Robin, you know, if he comes into town... You know, if he says, hey, Scott, let's go play Batman and Robin or something like that, let's go do it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Comic-Con or anything like that. He goes, hey, you, know, you, you want to do Batman and Robin this year? I said, Alex, man, anytime you want to say, hey, let's go play Batman and Robin <laughs> for a moment, let's go do that, you know. <laughs> so, actually, so there's there's a lot of cool moments that he and I have experienced, even for the sparse gaps in between when we can get together to do this stuff. Yeah, let me let me ask you something. So you you started doing Batman on your own, or you would be with Vicky as Catwoman or Wonder Woman. But when you finally started going out and doing Batman with a Robin, whether it was was Alex or some of the other guys I know that have filled in for Robin for you, mm-hmm. did you ever notice a difference in the reaction you get when you were Batman solo versus the the dynamic duo? Wow, I, I think teams, mm-hmm. any team, mm-hmm. gets a different kind of reaction. Yeah, I, like like I said, it's it's even the difference of like I could be Batman walking with Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. And you get a certain reaction, or Batman walking with Catwoman, you're going to get a certain kind of reaction. Uh, usually, people kind of going like, "Hey, it's Batman and Catwoman," right. you know? Hey, Batman and Wonder Woman. How about a picture of the two of you almost kissing? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, sir, we're just good crime fighting friends. Mm-hmm. But you put Superman into that mix, which you've done oh, yeah. with us, right? You know, that's just a different experience in general. You get the big three walking around. Mm-hmm. People treat you different yeah. than when you're an individual. You know, mm-hmm. they might have fun with you, but you get the big three. They're kind of like, no, I think any one of these guys could possibly take, you know, kick my ass here. Mm-hmm. So it's, more respect is going on. Yeah, they, they just seem to respect that trinity. When you get Batman and Robin, it varies. Mm-hmm. You get people who just go like, you know, first of all, that color. Yeah. Just the color of those two costumes together. Mm-hmm. Is just magic. I just, I it just explodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman with Robin, it just looks great. 
it the picture I just say any picture I just see with Batman and Robin it already already looks cooler mm-hmm. than just me doing okay I'm doing Batman oh we got Batman and Robin wow this is serious <laughs> there's something about that red and yellow that just yeah pops right out with the blue and the gray yep. you put you, you and and it's also kind of a dynamic thing as far as what I can even do posing wise with Alex because mm-hmm. there's bits where like Robin could be a little bit more dynamic and Batman could be slightly more laid back and or a little bit more stoic because mm-hmm. now Robin's kind of doing the you know the extra little bit of energy or whatever or the two of you look like we're about ready to you know pounce on some bad guys or mm-hmm. something and Alex brings such an energy when he does Robin but mm-hmm. yeah Robin when you get Robin in there it's it's a different uh it's a different ball game and I'm one of those guys that really look Batman on his own okay that's cool Batman's always cooler with Robin in my mm-hmm. opinion, that's just that's my opinion. That's my own, you know, thing. But even in the comics or cartoons or whatever, Batman needs Robin. One, mm-hmm. it helps on dialogue. It's someone you can talk to. True. It's not all thought balloons. Mm-hmm. And I think Robin's a great balance for Batman mm-hmm. in that regard. And Dick Grayson, Robin. Mm-hmm. Okay, Nightwing, whatever he grew up, whatever. But I'm sorry, Dick Grayson, Robin. That's this, you know, that's the originals. Right, you know that uh, that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. And it's always cooler when I got that that dynamic duo. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the in the rapport because you have the thing, like I said, the kind of things that meant something to me growing up with Batman was that kind of like you know the father figure, the teacher, the mentor mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, you're gonna get that when you have Robin. Mm-hmm. around it doesn't make sense for him to say tell that to chief o'hara or yeah. <laughs> commissioner gordon right, right right you know he might say it and you go well you're just preaching <laughs> to the mm-hmm. choir here you know mm-hmm. uh you know, teach me about proper grammar you said you had a third standout story did i derail you from that oh you know as far as like i talk about some of the experiences with alex for mm-hmm. example as robin mm-hmm. uh, we got to ride in the original batcopter together oh yeah in ohio um mm-hmm. uh, which is just kind of, that's just in itself. You're just kind of like, are we in a bad copter? <laughs> Look, he's got the shark repellent right there. On the bed. He did. The guy had to think of, you know, the different repellents, you nice. know, the bat shark repellent spray right there in the bat copter, as it should be. As it should be. You know, a fun story with, with Alex, too, is that in 2005 was his first Comic-Con, you know, and his first outing as Robin. Now, years before, when he was mm-hmm. a teen and stuff, he used to do charities and functions and stuff. As Batman. Hmm. And he had his own Robin. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like Wally introduced me to this guy going like, wow, this guy would make a great Robin. He never even saw himself as a Robin before. Mm-hmm. And so we we uh, got it worked out that we could all meet up for Comic-Con in 2005 and mm-hmm. so forth. And he had no idea what he was in for. Vicky and I, being the 2004 vets, uh, knew like, hey, just you wait, pal. Mm-hmm. He goes, you think people be taking pictures? <laughs> just uh, you uh, wait. Uh, uh. And, uh, yeah, sure enough, you know, he was blown away by the Comic-Con experience of mm-hmm. meeting people and getting pictures taken. And then we took a picture with this Kirk Allen Superman guy. Ah. You know, it's the first time we met you. It, yeah, yeah. That was the that was the first time I met met you, not just saw you. Right. Well, that's the first time I actively met you. Right. And we didn't even exchange numbers or anything at that particular time. No, I just It was the following year. Yeah, I was just so happy that you knew I was Kirk and not George. Well, I did the math. Yeah. I, I started walking up. I looked at the chess symbol. And I'm going like, well, we're going kind of old school here and stuff like that. Hey, I like it. Okay, the boots and the belt. It's all kind of reading kind of George. Oh, but look at the cuffs on that sweater. That's much more sweater. Wait a minute. Look at that cape. Oh, that's Kirk Allen. Yes, it was it was awesome uh, meeting in 2005 because I remember thinking, wow, it's, it's the Adam West Batman. Perfect because I was looking for a good Batman to do a world's finest shot with. And mm-hmm. I thought... Th- th- these two kind of belong together in my head. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, some people might say Lewis Wilson or Robert Lowry, sure. but you know, you can't go wrong with old school stuff. No, 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 no. Yeah, but uh, no, but anyway, so we did Comic Con, and like I said, uh, Vicky and I pretty much adopted <laughs> Alex yes. know, at this point because mm-hmm. um, I mean. Yeah, he was just kind of with us, you know, constantly over that weekend, and uh, it was just like I said, really great experience, and also him getting to experience that Comic Con, like I said, through a newbie's eyes, yeah, you know, yeah. like hey, we just went through it, wow, you know, we're kind of, you know, right, and and also doing it for the first time, like I said, with with a Robin type thing. So we get through that whole weekend doing the Batman and Robin and Wonder Woman, Catwoman, mm-hmm. and Batgirl type thing. By the end of Sunday, we're checking out a Comic Con, we're all saying our goodbyes, and he says he'll still be in town roughly for about you know uh maybe the rest of the week roughly mm-hmm. before heading back out to michigan where he was living at the time mm-hmm. so yeah wow how are we ever going to top that uh, i don't know well i guess there's always next year right uh-huh. and uh literally the following tuesday i get a call from george barris mm-hmm. who's the builder of the original batmobile right and i had been already doing a couple appearances here and there with george mm-hmm. hey scott it's george uh, we got a thing here called the Bull Run. It's going to be over on Hollywood Boulevard this Saturday. Uh, can I get Batman out there? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. Uh, <laughs> can I give you a call right back? I think I might be able to work something else out as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I could do Batman. Let me see if I can get you something else. And then, of course, I told, uh, I called up Alex. Mm-hmm. He had not left town yet. I said, well, when's your plane ticket for? He says, well, I can extend it if I need to. I said, do you think you can leave maybe on Sunday or Tuesday instead, or mm-hmm. next week instead? Mm-hmm. He says, yeah, probably. I said, think you could be out here on Saturday. Uh-huh. So literally two days after Comic-Con, wondering what we're going to do next, we end up coming out, being paraded out onto Hollywood Boulevard in a Batmobile with Vicky's Batgirl mm-hmm. in the middle of summer with a group of cars. This thing was supposed to be kind of like a cannonball run kind of thing, but it's called the Bull Run. Mm-hmm. And the Batmobile was going to head off the rally. It wasn't going to be part of the rally. It was just kind of like a figurehead kind of thing. It was Mm -hmm. going to be out there with George. But they had helicopters covering this thing. They had news people. It was crowds of people who were not expecting to see a Batmobile with a Batman and a Robin and a Batgirl Mm -hmm. out there. And most of the people out there during the summer are all tourists. Right. So we had people, there was, I remember a lady who said, I'm from Italy, you know, yeah. getting a picture, you know, and, you know, they just, they went nuts. There were people who were running up to the car before we parked in place, but we were right in front of the uh, Man's Chinese Theater, mm-hmm. parked with the Batmobile, and of course the various characters that'll hang out around, they yeah. all wanted to come around and get their picture right. <laughs> and take it around us. But yeah, that was, uh, people were literally running up to the car, mm-hmm. you know, before we even parked it or anything like that, and paparazzi kind of people taking pictures, tourists taking pictures, mm-hmm. uh, people from Japan, Italy, just, just all around. Characters that were hang- usually hang out around in front of the Chinese theater, right, they right. were coming around to get their pictures taken with it. Oh, hey, it's Chris Reeves Superman, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Right, hey, it's yeah. a Clooney kind of Batman kind of guy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, the, Darth Vader wanted to get his picture taken next to, to the Batmobile. But it was like kind of almost like a fraction of kind of like what Beatlemania might even Felt a little bit, just as far as the crowd of people and mm-hmm. all the kind of centralized attention that was getting. Right. And I looked over to Alex, because we're standing up in the car, more parade style. Mm-hmm. You know, standing up in the, in the in the seats. We're standing up, you know, kind of waving to the people. And I look over to Alex, and he's just overwhelmed. He's just got this look on his face like, what is this? <laughs> I, 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 like, 
I don't know what to make. I was I was at Comic Con a couple days ago. I thought that was big. Yep. I look up and there's a there's a helicopter taking pictures of us. Right. <laughs> you know, um, there's TV crews out here. It was just so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but boy, what a kick! They said they Oh, what are we gonna do next? Oh, we'll go do this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so up? yeah, so that was that was that was a. Uh, it was fun for me, but it was so much fun seeing Alex's reaction. Mm-hmm. I remember we were pulled up. We had a handler, thank goodness, that day because it was painfully hot. Yeah, I can. Imagine. I remember a guy brought us off to the side because I was cooking mm-hmm. in that cowl in that suit. And eventually, when we were off the out of the Batmobile and on that hot pavement, mm-hmm. I remember after a while, once we had pretty much the covers they wanted, a uh, handler came out, uh, a guy named Radio Bob, <laughs> Radio Bob, and he came and he says. Batman, I want you to go off to the side. We're going to give you water and stuff. I don't even want you to take time to kiss a baby. <laughs> you know, and he pulled us off to the side. And sure enough, I stopped for a stroller. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, hello. Nice. And, uh, and he said, you need to take that cowl off. And I said, not while I'm out here. Mm-hmm. Not while people can see. We'll, we'll go somewhere where it's shaded eventually. But eventually, once that all kind of died down, we're in costumes. Right. We're not that far from Bronson Cave. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So we kind of uh, got into a car, and we drove out the Bronson Cave for a photo op after that. The entire way there, Alex is just sitting in the back seat going, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's processing. What just happened? Mm-hmm. And that's not the only experience that was like that, you know. And those are just the kind of things that you, you just, you know, you know. like I said, I, I, I didn't put a cowl on and a cape, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't be driving a Batmobile, wouldn't be standing out in Hollywood Boulevard, wouldn't be having some of these conversations with Adam West, wouldn't have gotten to know so many of the different cast and crew. And by sharing my experiences and writing about them, some people, for lack of a better word, almost created experiences for me. I said, hey, you know what would be great? If you came out here and you did this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, wow, thank you. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> You're absolutely right. That would be great. Mm-hmm. Please, you yes. know, and thank you. Uh, you know, like being able to run up the original steps that they used for Gotham's uh, Gotham City's uh, police headquarters out in the Warner Brothers lot. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's straight, straight off of a guy who goes like, hey, you ought to do that. And I can make that happen. Please. Yeah. And thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Sign me up. Absolutely. And it's just been from in and some folks have told me, you know, it's it's not that they're living vicariously through me. It's not so much that it's just it's something they would like to see. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'd like to see Batman and Robin, you know, off here, you know, great. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll be there, you know, you know, yeah, I'm Batman in this kid's film or, or whatever. And uh, yeah, that's 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 that aspect of it. That's where we lose the signal for this episode, so come on back next time for the second half of my chat with Scott Sebring as we'll get more into the rest of his costume bat closet, which includes the Green Hornet, the Lone Ranger, and Zorro. If you have any questions or concerns or ideas, please forward them on to me at CostumeStationZero.com, and I'll be happy to answer. In the meantime, this is Bob Mitch signing off for Costume Station Zero. We'll be right back.